fired up. Fourth down and goal from the nine. 17 seconds to go. The play clock at three. Shotgun snap. Car throws nice. into traffic. Nice. Intercepted. Nice. Nice. Jermaine Pratt Woo! has the football. Yeah. Coffin now. Bam, bam, bam. How about that? It ends on a turnover. Joe Burrow takes the snap. He takes a knee. And after 31 years, yeah. the drought is over. It is no fluke. <laughs> It is a fact. The Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Super Bowl 56. Welcome back. I am Aaron Smith, as always, joined by my partners, the self-proclaimed best producer in the city, Ed Mayhall and Jeff Howell. And we have a special guest tonight, as it is opening week for your Cincinnati Reds. Love them or hate them, whatever happened this offseason, uh, they are still the hometown baseball team here representing the C. And we have Annie Sabo from Bally Sports joining us. If the name sounds a little familiar, it's probably for good reason. But Annie, you are new to the city again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so you grew up in Montgomery. Yes. Uh, the daughter of, I, I mean, I guess you could say quite quite the face um, as the Rex Specs were undeniable. And oh, yeah. you are back here in the Queen City once again on your own career path as opposed mm -hmm. to growing up in your father's shadow. So tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in a household where your dad was kind of the king of the city here for a bit. <laughs> you know, everyone always asks me that, but I think for us, I have two younger sisters. Um, my dad was very blessed with three daughters. Um, I think for us, it was just totally normal and he was just dad to us. But I think I really first got my taste of my dad being kind of important or a celebrity around here is just by going to Bengals games. I remember I was always into sports as a kid. And when I was about 12 or 13 years old, my dad would take me and one of my best friends to a Bengals game. And just the Sabo chants were, you know, all over the place going to Paul Brown stadium. So that was super cool. And um, just kind of realizing that my dad was, you know, super important, not to say, not to say that I didn't realize when I was younger that he was important and uh, a big player in the 1990 World Series here in Cincinnati. But it was just, to us, it just seemed so normal. You know what I mean? I mean, I was talking to some of my colleagues today. He is still the same guy, still drives a Honda, will not buy anything luxury, is still super low-key. I actually did an interview with him today. Just the best dad ever and um, still a man of very few words, but um, just such a hardworking guy and someone that I've definitely looked up to throughout the course of my career and something that he's always said throughout my career is that he says, I hope that I am known as Annie Sabo's dad one day. And he is just not a guy, you know, who wants to be in the spotlight by any means. He's just happy to be our dad. And, you know, I've, I'm very fortunate to have a very close family. My, my parents are still together and they are, you know, up in Akron, Ohio. My dad's the head baseball coach there. And then they kind of spend some time with us in Florida in the off season. But I mean, Great dad, great family, and 
bottom line, we kind of felt like it was normal. Although I guess it's not necessarily <laughs> the most normal thing when your dad is a 1990 Reds World Series winner. Absolutely. I, I, I can't even imagine what, what that was entirely like because uh, there's no way you can avoid the spotlight here in this little, I mean, Cincinnati is for what it is. It's still a small city by comparison mm -hmm. to some other cities nationally. Now you are quite the contrast to your father who, as you've already mentioned, is a man of few words. So as you have very differing personalities, I've heard a little bit in some of your interviews here as you've been being making the rounds in your introductories and introductions. There we go. Um, <laughs> but what was it like, you know, since you, your dad wasn't quite like you in that respect, uh, just kind of carving out your own path. And what was that been like for you? Yeah, well, I mean, I think growing up, I was a little bit shyer. I don't necessarily know why. Um, I always kind of felt, found myself, I guess I will say, through sports and played soccer for forever. Probably could have accomplished a lot in the sport of soccer. Unfortunately, I got a couple of concussions, so that didn't work out. And then I switched to tennis at Ursuline Academy in Montgomery. So that was really fun for me. But um, I don't know. I, I just think that my mom is super social and kind of compliments my dad and they balance each other out perfectly. So I kind of follow after my mom more so personality wise. Um, I'll never forget one day we were sitting on the couch in our home in Montgomery and my dad, we were watching a Bengals game and Aaron Andrews was on the sideline. A uh, funny story, I later worked with her dad, Steve Andrews, in Tampa a few years ago. But my dad says, Annie, why don't you just pursue that in college? Because it was at a point in my life where I only liked gym class. And my parents said, Annie, you can't say gym class is your favorite subject in school. That's just like, super <laughs> embarrassing. And we, you can't say that. And so my dad just kind of suggested that I do pursue a career path like Aaron Andrews. And I thought, okay, I think I can do that. And just kind of got more and more confident. I went to the University of Michigan, uh, a very big school where you needed to really make an impact and be yourself and go out of your way to get to know people. So um, long story short, I just think I really blossomed in college going to a really, really big school. I know Cincinnati is a bit of a smaller town, but the University of Michigan, you know, is 40 plus thousand students. And I really had to work super hard in the TV industry there and to kind of prove myself. And I mean, I'm still seven years later in this business, still trying to prove myself. So uh, love my dad. Yeah. He's a little bit shyer than I am. Um, but throughout the course of the years, we've definitely had a lot of good battles and discussions because I'm a little bit more feisty than my siblings, I guess I would say. <laughs> My dad and I get into a lot of, you know, sports debates and things of that nature, but it, it's super fun. And again, just want to reiterate how great of a person and a dad he has been. So uh, you, you chose Michigan, mm -hmm. but I did read that you had some division one offers for tennis, mm -hmm. correct? Correct. So what, what was the deciding factor to not maybe take one of those and decide to go Michigan? I think, I mean, I love tennis. I started at a really late age. I mean, you know, Serena and Venus probably started when they were four years old. I started when I was in eighth grade. So, you know, had a really late start in life, but I was, I guess, kind of proud of myself that I got, you know, a division one offer to play at the University of Dayton where my uh, mom's parents lived at the time. 
Um, but I think I kind of realized that I'm not going to be Venus and Serena Williams as much as I look up to them, up to them, excuse me, and, and love them. So I just decided to pursue the TV route and go to a bigger school. I mean, I kind of grew up going to smaller schools here in Cincinnati and just felt like it was time to go to a really big college in the University of Michigan and experience kind of what the real world was like and what I'd be getting into once I stepped foot into the TV world. And I kind of had a feeling that the TV industry was kind of my niche and something that I could pursue for years and years. So that's why I kind of decided against playing sports in college and decided deciding, excuse me, to go the TV route. Now you came back to Cincinnati and you came just at the end of the Bengals Super Bowl run as a, you've mentioned the Bengals several times already. So I have to ask what this season meant to you as a, a lifelong Bengals fan then. And now you're getting to come back in kind of the aftermath of, of what this season was. Yeah. You know what? It's been super fun. Um, moving to Tampa several years ago, probably about five years ago, I've kind of become a Buccaneers fan mm. and I'm a huge Tom Brady person. So ever since Tom <laughs> moved to Tampa, it's you're been... a Michigan person. You're allowed. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you went to Michigan. Right. So I think that's been super fun for me, but once I got, booted out of the of the playoffs this past off season. My sister and I, who live in Tampa, we realized that the Bengals were going to play for a Super Bowl title, and that was super fun for us. I remember I bought a Joe Burrow t-shirt and was sporting it all around Tampa. So I'm just super happy for the city of Cincinnati, and hopefully they live up to their expectations for this upcoming season. Hopefully they do win a Super Bowl title in, you know, the next two or three years. I think Joe Burrow is, you know – a great young quarterback. Hopefully I know he's drawn comparisons to Tom Brady, just in a sense that nothing really phases him. And I think that's awesome. And I think that Cincinnati Reds fans and Bengals fans, if you're, if you live here in Cincinnati, you're a diehard fan of e either team really. And so it was just so fun for me to watch from down in Florida. I would love to see the Bengals do well again this season. I'm always rooting for them no matter where I am where I am in this country, it seems like I move all the time. Um, but it was just, it's awesome. Diehard Bengals fan, diehard Reds fan, happy to be back in the city and just happy to see the Bengals just do so, so, so well. Now, after you, after you left Michigan and you mm -hmm. graduated there, you headed to Texas, correct? That's correct. Yep. And what sports or teams were you covering down there? Well, I was in Corpus Christi, Texas, small town USA. So the biggest thing there was high school football. So it was kind of like a Friday night lights vibe. And, you know, I look back on that experience fondly because granted in the city that I lived in, there was not a Panera. So it was very small town USA. <laughs> but driving to these different cities in Texas and covering high school football on Friday night. And everyone thinks you're, you know, the biggest thing ever to cover high school football. I just thought it was such a blessing and it was so much fun for me. And I would never trade that experience for the world. Although the only thing we really covered was high school football. Although the first year I was there, I got to go to Kissimmee to cover uh, Houston Astros spring training. So that was really cool for me. Love doing that. I've kind of spent all my career in the American League, so now I'm moving back to the National League. But, I mean, high school football in Texas was different. It was special, and I will never forget that. Were they banging trash cans at that point? or? 
Um, probably. It was. <laughs> I will tell you some weird stories. I remember one time I was doing a live report for in Corpus Christi, and this one man, like, right? I kid you not. It was not five seconds after I finished my live hit, asked if I wanted a grilled pork chop on a stick. In like this. Yeah, it was delicious. And I, I was, was like, say, absolutely, I want that. I don't think you wanted to go to Sonic or McDonald's and buy a hamburger. So, yes, I will take the pork chop on a stick. Thank you. Yes, sir, you win. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I will take that. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, tell us a little bit about what Bally's has you doing as you are transitioning into a new position here in your hometown of the Queen City. Well, I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff this April, um, filling in for Brian G while he finishes out uh, the Blue Jackets season. Um, in Minnesota, when I was working for the Twins the last couple of years, I did pre and post game shows. I'm going to do the same thing here in Cincinnati. I have a couple sideline reporting gigs throughout the course of the summer. Um, but throughout the month of April, I'm going to be here pretty much every single day doing pre and post game shows while the NHL season wraps up and then, you know, May, June, July, and August, I'm not going to be here as much um, doing a few series here and there each month. And then kind of going to, I'm going to go back and forth between here in Cincinnati and in Tampa where my family is, but um, yeah, just doing pre and post game stuff, um, interviews as much as possible. And then um, doing a few sideline gigs. Are you still doing things with the big 10 network or is that? Um, Potentially. 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 I liked it last fall, so we'll see. It just kind of depends on the baseball schedule. And if the Reds make the playoffs, then I'm going to be here. Right. Well, um, go ahead. Ed. On post games, are you going to be, be able to go up to the booth with like a big broom after we sweep the um, sweep the Cardinals and and do what Jim Day always does? Absolutely. Yes. Just give me right. a, someone needs to supply the broom, but yeah, I will be there. We'll get you broom. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. Now, you've mentioned the Big Ten. Um, the Bearcats here in town were a little bit better than the Big Ten last season. We're not – we may never get to say that again. <laughs> but I, I did just want to throw that out there. They were better than Michigan. They were better than Ohio State. I, I, that's not a question. It's, it's just simply a statement. I just wanted to exactly. just throw that out there because, again, I, I don't know that I'll ever get to say that again. But um, So it's been a, a very strange offseason season for the Cincinnati Reds and we've been probably not so kind to ownership, but moving aside from that, they've made some moves here in the off season where some have been scratching their head and mm -hmm. others have been trying to trust the process. I don't know that anyone's fully invested in trust the process, but what have you made of the moves that with Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez or Sonny Gray or the way everything kind of was handled with the Wade Miley contract, which I'm still perplexed on um, just in, in, just in the way that all of that was handled, I guess, mm -hmm. with getting nothing back. Um, and even today with the move of Shogo, it's been quite the transition, not bringing back Castellanos, even though they were rumored to have been in the mix what have you been able to make of all of the moves that the Reds have made at this point? I mean, obviously from a fan's perspective, I get kind of some of the frustration. However, I do believe that the Reds are kind of trending in the direction of following the Tampa Bay Rays. I, you know, I 
spent time in Tampa. I understand how the Tampa model works. And it's kind of similar, in my opinion, to what the Reds are trying to pursue. Um, and I mean, look where the Rays are in this day and age. I mean, they've done pretty good from the resources that they've acquired. I understand that getting rid of a Castellanos and a Winker and Suarez might not be the most popular move towards the fan base. However, I think this organization is looking more long-term and by long-term, I mean, you know, 2024, 25. Um, a lot of contracts coming off the books and those right. seasons. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so that's what I think. Um, I think that Reds fans just truly need to have faith. I think the pitching rotation is going to be super exciting, especially with young arms like Lodolo and green. I think that's going to be super fun for fans to watch. Um, I understand some of the moves made in the off season, not as popular, but um, you know, we'll see how it works. I mean, I wish I could predict the future and say, this is going to be the greatest decision that was ever made, but I just do have faith because I've seen similar moves made when I was in Tampa with the Tampa Rays, And so that's why I'm just, I'm still optimistic. Now the general public doesn't get to have conversations with a Bob Castellini or with a Nick crawl, but what are your first impressions as you're entering into that realm, as you've gotten to speak with some of these guys, or at least their representation? Um, I actually haven't spoken to Castellini or Crawl just yet. However, okay. I have listened to interviews and um, I mean, general Im impression. Um, good guys. I mean, I think that maybe something the fans are a little bit upset about is just due to the transparency aspect. However, I guess I am not necessarily in the clubhouse as of right now, so I can't necessarily speak on that. But I can only speak from my experience working with Tampa and just, Understood. you know, I know that, I mean, I was in Tampa when um, they made major trades to get rid of some, some big players who were there and it worked out for them. Um, I know that Reds fans might not, not necessarily, you know, believe me or want to believe me, but <laughs> I, I just think that, you know, you got to have some faith and trust the process and We'll see. But I, I mean, I'm still excited about the season. I mean, I think a lot of people are counting the Reds out, but that's fine. I mean, no expectations to me as a player. I've never played baseball, but I mean, I would want to show everyone that they're wrong and, you know, you know, now, maybe, you know, make a run in the NL Central. To some more fun subjects. Today was the announcement of new food at the stadium. Did you get to partake? I know you were asking for pictures. I believe yeah. it was maybe Sarah Elise that you were asking for pictures. Yes. Uh, Did but... not get to partake. Okay. But um, we were talking about it. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of new creations of ballpark food. I am like a strictly hot dog, skyline, cheese coney, popcorn, peanuts kind of gal. But I saw all the creations that were being uh, showcased this afternoon. I thought they, I would give it a try. I'm not saying it's going to be my favorite thing in the world, but I would give it a try. <laughs> we, we had a heated discussion on this podcast about, I think it was two weeks ago. Uh-huh. There, there was some talk that people enjoy bringing in like deli meat sandwiches. And exactly. It's, really see? like not even like bringing like a jersey mike's club that like in a soft side of, I mean, it's not even no no, no thank you no. i mean i love a deli sandwich like exactly 
when I'm just no, when I'm not going to a ball game. Agreed. I mean, every day when I'm going to work and I want a Subway sandwich or, you know, some kind of sandwich, by all means. But at a ballpark, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No way. No shot. I yeah. wish Chad was still Ed. here. <laughs> no. Chad, Would I Chad eat Brindle. it? Yes. Would I want to eat it? No. I mean, it's Somebody not like the guy who brings in. Sushi. Yeah, Somebody it's else not like, yeah. sushi in a thing, like to bring sushi into the ballpark. Uh huh. No way. No, 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 no. Like, even in a cooler, there's no way you're bringing sushi into a like. Uh. That's like the people who bring like hard boiled eggs to the airport, and you're just like, no, why? Why? I've witnessed why? that before. Yeah, you're just like, huh? Hot dog, a beer, nachos, yeah. like, just keep it simple. I agree. You, you know, and that you did bring up. Uh, uh, deli sandwiches. Well, I brought up deli sandwiches. You said you enjoyed deli sandwiches, and you went to Michigan. Yeah. And there's a place in Ann Arbor Uh-oh. called Zingerman's. Yes. What is your favorite sandwich from there? You know, I'm going to be so bad, but um, I went there a few times. Could not afford it because it was like it is expensive. A big sandwich place. But whenever my friends went, I believe I had. A corned beef sandwich or whatever they wanted. I mean, I'm not very picky when it comes to jelly sandwiches. I'll eat anything. Um, but I remember getting either a corned beef sandwich or something of that nature, and it was delicious. But I live in Florida now, and I'm a big public sub person. So I've heard that's great things MO. about that. Oh, they're the greatest. The public I went, subs. I was at Publix last week, and I couldn't find any subs. It was also late at night. Never mind. You need to go through the line, and they make it yourself. Oh, okay. That's where I was missing. Subway line, and they use boar's head meat, and mm. they like make it. You get the a lot Cuban. of Cuban. Get the Cuban. Yeah, it's, it's so good. I don't even like pickles, and get the Cuban, man. It's fantastic. So I just yeah. looked at the list of the new food, and they have a vegetarian dog, and a cauliflower wings. I won't be trying any of those. Cauliflower wings are actually pretty fire. Not gonna lie. Okay, well, I might give them a shot then on your recommendation. Yeah. If they have buffalo sauce on them, they're actually good. I kid you they're, not. They're very good. You go to B-dubs and get them if you want to try them before Ed. Yeah. Yeah, cauliflower wings there. Now, down in Tampa, were you a Skyline frequenter? Because they do have a Skyline, in, at least one, in Tampa. Yeah, they have one in Clearwater. And then where my parents live, um, they live in, like, Sarasota area, a neighborhood called Lakewood Ranch. There was one, I kid you not, right outside my parents' neighborhood. So whenever we went to my parents' house, we would stop there. Um my dad's the head coach of the University of Akron baseball team, so I have not been down to my parents' house in a while. But the first stop when I got here is I got three cheese conies. Well done. And ate all of them, and it's delicious. See, Ed, she eats all of her conies when she orders them. Stop. That's not <laughs> nice. I, yeah, I eat all of them. If, I, if I'm ordering it, I have to eat all of them. I'm I mean, saying, Ed. I tried to eat all of them. I really did. You ate too slow. Uh, so – so your favorite players that you're looking to watch this year, you mentioned Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. So obviously those are on your list. Is there anybody else that you're keeping an eye out on or, and maybe a, a sleeper uh, outside of the names that I think that everybody probably is going to be mentioning? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Jonathan India is probably the obvious one. Um, you know, he's, said following an NL rookie of the year campaign that his next goal is a gold club. So I think that would be something that I'm really watching for. I mean, Joey Votto is always entertaining. He just got social media recently. So how fun has that been? Amazing. 
Chicky, yes. chicky, chicky. <laughs> I just, okay, so I got dinner with Stan Liqueur Le- Le- tonight, my analyst, and um, he has not, he doesn't, he's not a big social media person, and I was trying to tell him about Joey Votto on TikTok and stuff, and yeah, so that song is now in his head, and he was like, this is what he's doing on social media, and I was like, yeah, this is, he's blowing up. He's um, so I think those two guys, um, a sleeper, I think Nick Senzel, I mean, obviously based on the, the spring he has had, obviously I stay healthy, um, would be someone that, you know, I know he's so good and he's capable of amazing things. Just the health has been an issue in the past. So I'm really hoping and praying he can stay healthy because I think he could be a huge impact player this season. Um, but those are kind of my guys outside of the, uh, Starting pitching rotation. No Tyler Stevenson, huh? No, but I mean, he's a guy too that I'm excited to see. For sure. For sure. Forgot about him, but I think he's going to have a great season as well. He wears my favorite number, so I never forget about that one. <laughs> um, the last question I have before the other guys, I'll see if they have any other questions. I'm very curious to know, as you were growing up watching your dad win a World Series, What's your favorite memory from a ball from the ballpark? As it you know, was still riverfront back then. Yeah. Um the best memory. Um, so I was born in 92. So unfortunately, I only have tapes to remember the World Series. However, when I was born, Marge Shot was still around the organization. And I will never forget walking into her office with her huge dogs. And when I have a small dog, she's here in the hotel room with me. Um, she goes everywhere with me, but I mean, we're huge dog people. Just remember going in, petting her huge dog. And she would give me every time we went into the office, a Barbie doll, a new Barbie doll. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I was probably, you know, three years old at the time. So I got to pet her dog. She would talk to me, give me a new Barbie doll. So that was a, a really good memory. And then um, I just remember being... Um, in the kids club kind of below the stadium as the game went on, because I was too much of a psychopath when I was younger for my mom to actually watch me. I was like, I, I was like ADHD hyperactive and I would always befriend the girls. And I cannot remember. There's this one girl I would always sit next to. I cannot remember who she was the daughter of. She always had a bag of Doritos. And I was like, I want to be friends with that girl. Cause she's going to feed me Doritos. I don't care what she's playing but I'm going to sit with her and she would feed me Doritos throughout the course of the game. Then my parents would get me at the end of the game. So those are the two memories that I probably will not forget. I remember living in certain places. Like when my dad got traded to St. Louis and, and things like that, I remember where we lived, but in terms of games and stuff, don't remember all that much. Okay. Will we, will we see maybe a throwback uh, Rex specs one day? <laughs> Just in like a pregame or postgame, just to do it. I know people are asking me that. I know I was at the Reds Hall of Fame the other day, and my dad has loaned a pair to the Reds Hall of Fame. Um, so that's you, one wait, pair. Wait, wait, wait! He wants them back. Probably. Like they're just they're just on loan. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, they're on loan. And then okay, so long story short, when we moved from Cincinnati here or to down to Tampa. We think that some of our stuff was stolen from the moving truck and my mom's devastated. We think some of my dad's stuff was stolen. And so um, in terms of, because in Cincinnati, we had a whole room with all my dad's stuff. It was so organized. My mom is a champion and organizes everything. But then once we moved down to Florida, I'm not entirely sure every bit of my dad's 
things made the trip. So I'm not entirely sure if the rec specs are down in Florida. So I, I mean, I was asking her today for photos from opening day when I was a kid. And she says, can't find them. Ask her grandma. My grandma still lives here. My dad's mom. So I'm gonna have to ask mm. her when I see her tomorrow. But some of our stuff got lost in the mail. If a pair of rec specs somehow resurface, I will wear them on one show. I don't care. That's awesome. But I've seen some at like Reds Fest and stuff like that. They're probably not your dad's, they're, they're but probably they're, not authentic. Yeah, they're not authentic, but yeah, I've seen so they're they're out there somewhere. I know we have them probably somewhere in Florida, but my parents aren't there, and my sister probably could help, but who knows? There's some, there's somewhere I just don't know where they are. You should just take a, a a lane less traveled and just go with like ski goggles. Yeah. And just make it your own thing where you're just wearing like the big bulbous ski goggles and be like, what? <laughs> I mean, this is my version. Like dad had his version. I got my version. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, for sure. My my middle son is seven. Okay. He So he's playing coach's pitch this year and he just got glasses over the winter. Mm-hmm. So the first day of practice, like his glasses were, they don't fit under the helmet well, you know, this and that. So I was like, hey, they make these things. Yes. yes. And he was like, yes. he was like, what is that? And I was like, let me show you a picture. So I pulled up a picture of your dad. I'm like, Aww. do you see this? Do you see this? You champion. I was like, World Series champion. Like you could. You can wear them too. So they're probably going to be like, you know, I don't know if like rec specs are a thing anymore. Like if you can, like that's a company, but they make similar ones. So I've got a pair on order for him. And he was like, he he refused to wear them until I showed him and was like, look, professional baseball player. It's cool. Like he wore them. I wanted them growing up and like, I just never got them. I always had to wear glasses. Well, everything that has gone out has come back in like a fanny pack, right? Fanny yep. packs were cool when we were younger. Went out, now they're back in. So maybe the Rex Specs will do the same. I was just in Disney last week. Were ever not cool. No. If you're a baseball guy that wore glasses, like you, you wanted Rex Specs. The Rex Specs and the flip up sunglasses. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Ed, you got anything? I don't think so. All right. I asked my questions. Fair enough. (laughs) Well, Annie, we thank you very much for joining us tonight, and we wish you the best of luck this year. Your first season as a red yourself if you yeah. will so um it's it should be a lot of fun to follow your path as you are trailblazing now um and kind of trying to make your name one without being necessarily associated with that i'm sorry we asked so many dad questions but no that's all right i'm very but- proud to be his daughter but um yeah trying to trailblaze my own path but thanks you guys so much for having me if you're ever at the ballpark come say hi I'll be on the third base side at the set. I'll bring the broom. Please do. Would love that. All right. All right. That was Andy Sabo. Thanks again. Uh, You can just hit the leave studio button there at the bottom. And uh, thanks again for all of your time. Thank you. Thanks. That was a lot of fun. That was awesome. I'm actually on eBay right now trying to find Rex Specs. Sounds about right. Ed's going to wear them on the show for the rest of the summer. I mean, if I find a pair, I will. We do need to address the elephant in the room. I've been wondering what this is. You maybe, guys said this pre-show, maybe, and I, maybe, I don't know what's maybe going on here. Maybe it's not the elephant in the room, Aaron. The hat on the, the head. It's the banana in the room. Oh, jeez. What now? So, a few weeks ago, 
Ed was at a little strip mall outlet. Do you remember that, Aaron? I remember that. And I think I think there was like I don't know there Vividly. was some there were some things there that could only be purchased at that outlet at that time because they were on clearance. And Ed was flexing on us. Look, I got this awesome Bengals hoodie. Like, I got this. I got. But did he call uh, either of us? Like, while he had, I texted you to and get told it? you where it was. I texted I, you and told you where it was. Oddly enough, you knew that I wanted the the jacket, the, the zip full, up, the full jacket, the, the zip up. Which, unfortunately, mm-hmm. when I went up there, they only had smalls. And Wonder yeah, if they had a different size when Ed was there. Wouldn't know because. Yeah. No. Uh, I don't know. But then, then our buddy Ed was um, not not here. He wasn't here last week. Well, he was uh, on a trip. Jeff, Jeff he, he he did ask if Chad wanted anything from one of from his Bucky's. Stop, from, from Bucky's one of his stops. Because mm-hmm. well, yeah. Chad pays that service to to send him stuff from Bucky's, and so, I thought I could save him a little bit of money if I stopped at the Bucky's. So okay. yeah, we've made we've made mention stop at a Bucky's, of a, of a certain really fun independent league team. We've we've made mention of this team and how cool it is, what they do. Still uh, the dances. The Savannah you know, bananas. And and then Ed goes goes to they, their store. They opened just for him. Just for okay, Ed. Can I tell that story? That's a good story. Go ahead. Uh, we'll th- you right. can tell it here in a minute. Hold on, Ed. All right, all right, all right. So Ed goes to this store, Aaron, and they open it special for him. And his kids. And his kids. What? Did, did Ed your, say your voice is getting higher yeah, as you're yeah. telling this? Story. I know. I'm getting I'm getting a little worked up. So then Ed, Ed gets inside the Savannah Banana store, which, oddly enough, Aaron, isn't within, I don't know, like a 30-minute drive from here. It's a couple hours. Ten and, hours. Okay. That's even better, Ed. Um, huh. And he doesn't say, like, hey, Aaron, I know on every episode you're wearing a hat. Jeff, you wear a hat, too. And, and you love hats, Jeff, because I've... I mean, he he used to call me when he was at Reds Fest, and they would have a hat. He used to call me. Did you get a phone call or a text, Aaron? You used to call me on my cell phone. I got an excuse. When you were shopping hats, call now, me on I'll, my cell I'll, I'll phone. Feel, I'll feel real dumb, Ed, if you reach down off screen and lift up two Savannah Bananas hats and say, look what I got you guys. Well... I didn't. Um, <laughs> look, but... look, look at that comment there, Jeff. <laughs> look, look at that comment. You didn't even get your brother one. Did you? My mom told me not to. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way you could have answered that. Yeah. So my mom. My mom said. She. Your mom. Your mom said Aaron, Jeff, and Greg. They don't need them. Is that what she said? No, one of my moms. <laughs> My mom asked me what the price of the hat was, and when I told her, she said, "Never mind. Don't, I'm gonna get, don't I'm get gonna one guess, for your brother." I guess thirty-five. Ooh, no, Four, actually, 40, 40, 30. 30. 30. Even 30. better. Greg got the same treatment we did. He got a text message that they were at the store and a picture of all the hats, but no offer. No, I did offer. You offered, but Greg? he never responded. You offered us? No, I offered to him. So here's the thing. Okay, so let me let me go ahead and tell the story. So um, the whole time uh, I knew I was going to Savannah, I wanted to stop. I obviously wanted to check out a game. They were out of town. Um, that was unfortunate. But uh, 
We drive to the state online. It says their team shop is open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And I got worried because I didn't know, you know, because they're not in town. Maybe they don't open the team shop. Small organization. Maybe the whole organization goes with them out of town. I don't know. So I get to the team shop at about 10, 10 a.m. Get to the stadium, historic Grayson Stadium, I think is what it's called. Really nice stadium. Um, and I see signs say merchandise in front office. So I start walking towards the one obvious sign that looked like it was open, and it was the front office. And I look in the door a little bit, and I see desks. And I'm like, this is obviously not the merchandise stand. So I walk over towards the gate to the to the stadium, and I see this guy. And I was like, hey, is the uh, merchandise stand open today? And he's like, no. I was like, oh, does it not open uh, unless it's on game days? He goes, I don't know. I'm just setting up tents. Okay, well, that's interesting. Thank you. Um, so we start walking back to the car. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll text them. We can hit it up on the way back from downtown Savannah. Maybe they just opened late today or something. Um, and I see a guy get out of his car with a little Savannah Bananas shirt on and a little name tag. And I was like, hey, man, uh, does the team store not open uh, unless it's a game day? And he goes, no, no, it's open. I was like, oh, well, I didn't see it. And he's, he's like, follow me. So he leads me right into the office. Bunch of really nice people in there. One one nice lady grabs a bag and she's a little little pay, you know, like one of those uh you know blue bags that you put like a deposit in, you know, something like that. Walks me through the stadium. Get some I get like a little bit of a backstage tour of the stadium. It was only a few steps, but she opens up the garage door, she opens up the whole store for us, which was super nice of her. So I'm like, well, I have to purchase some stuff then because she just opened this thing up for me. So yeah. I grabbed this hat. I grabbed this hat, nice. Could Savannah have purchased a hat. couple more things, bud. I did. Um, so I got a hat for myself. I got a hat for my dad. Uh, Michelle got a Savannah Bananas t-shirt, and Bryce got a Savannah Bananas t-shirt. Um, hey Jeff, what did you get? Nothing. Same. Well, and here's the thing. So when I go to text my dad to tell him, hey, do you want a hat? I realized my phone's in the tr- in the car. I didn't have my phone. So I was, using Mich- I was using Michelle's phone to communicate with the family. Michelle has my number. Okay, didn't think about that part. But she doesn't have Jeff's number, or else you know she might have invited him to the the football thing. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, so digging a hole, Ed. Uh, you know that's the that's the story. They were nice enough to open it up for me. Super nice people. That you know the the three or four people that I met. Um, they got, uh, they, so I guess, uh, and also in Georgia, they have the, uh, oh, okay. That's nice. That's nice to hear too. Um, in Georgia, they also have the Macon bacon and, uh, they have a trophy. Yeah, sure. They also, they have a trophy kind of like, you know, the, uh, you know, the trophy that we have between us and Miami. Um, they have a trophy. It's a bananas with some bacon or whatever. It, so they got their trophy set up at a really cool place. They got a map with pins from, Everywhere people have visited from. Um, but I suggest checking it out. Pretty cool place. Yeah, next time I'm going through Savannah. Like, you should probably take the wife to Savannah. There's some good shopping. I have a baby on the way. I don't have money for shopping, Ed. But you have money for a Savannah bananas hat? Yeah, if yeah, you just like sent me a text and said, Hey, like I don't have I don't have money to let my wife run wild on a on a shopping spree in Savannah. I mean, could be better, huh. Ed. I mean, it is what it is, Ed. 
That's just, uh, I mean, that's just twice well, I apologize. I didn't know that I mean, you guys... it's on brand. It's on brand. So just... Yeah. I, I didn't like know that you guys were interested in a Savannah Bananas hat. I apologize. Every time I talk about the Savannah Bananas on the show, you guys kind of like move away from that. Matter of fact, I actually thought about, because the owner of the team, because uh, I tweeted them and said, thank you for the hospitality. Uh, the owner of the team liked my tweet, and I thought about asking if he wanted to be on the show, but I didn't know. I didn't know that you guys like the Savannah Bananas that much. It's pretty cool. I actually looked to see if they were going to have any games that would be. I, I, I love. They're in, they're I love what Lexington. they're doing. They're playing. They're playing Lexington, but in uh, in Savannah. So I um, think it's simply fantastic that they are making baseball fun again. Well, their they games have, it, are sold out until the first of June. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They As they, they actually, should they, be. They they um they stagger when they release the tickets for the games, and then some of the games are the banana ball games. Which are you know when they do like when the pitcher dances before he throws or like I think uh, yesterday they I think it was yesterday they had a game they had uh, one of the one of the as the batter came up he had a caddy in a like like Masters style caddy with the white jumpsuit on uh, go out there and hand him his bat out of a golf bag I saw that so. so do you have more on this? I was just going to say, John Smoltz pitched at that stadium at one point when he was with the Braves. Saw a sign. Yeah, it was, I think that's Did it that's open up it, your eyes? Oh, man. Is that really where we're going with that? <laughs> Look how confused he is. Yep. All right. The, Red, glad, the, Reds, have, the, the Reds have a, a couple things going on. Uh, Aaron uh, alluded to it earlier. They did, in fact, officially release Shogo Akiyama. Just see that on, tweet. Thoughts on that? I feel two different ways on that. I don't feel like he was quite given a fair shake. He came to the Reds during the worst possible time to get to the Reds in a COVID shortened season. And there was no AAA. There, I don't even think there was spring training that year. If I'm not mistaken, I think they just kind of hopped right into it. Yeah, it was there. There might have been an abbreviated. It was, it was I, an abbreviated spring training in okay. Westchester, I think. Yeah, they did. It, like, it was in it, like intra squad. Like yeah, yes, it was intra squad. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At they only had a. They only they only had a um, like a a kind of a that COVID travel group that went with them that they right. could I guess get players from Pluck whatever. From. Yeah. yeah. So he he came. Honestly, to where as he was transitioning from the Japanese league to the major leagues, where there wasn't much of an opportunity for development or adjustment. Yep. And he was never, I don't know. I mean, I guess not never, but I mean, I don't know that he was quite given a fair shake at really earning a starting spot. He was just kind of thrust into it. Expectations were never quite met. And I can only imagine as a guy who had been very successful at the level he was at over in Japan to being not successful here, that 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 can be draining. And when you're already going through what you're going through with COVID and not having fans in the stands, couple that with the fact that his wife got hit by a tree. Yeah. I forgot about that in the middle of a storm, right? Just No, I don't think it wasn't storming. It was just a freak accident. She was almost walking through the... She was on a trail, yeah. Sharon Woods, I think. 
just out of left field, no pun intended, uh, but just got hit by a tree. Um, and then, you know, it, it comes out this week that he was asked if he wanted to step back into AAA last year as a guy who's proudly making $8 million a year. It's it's all weird, and I'm, I guess, happy for him that the Reds released him because I don't know that he was ever going to quite get what he needed from the Reds organization. I think it's kind of one of those situations where you wish they could have traded him to where they could have gotten something back, anything back. Um, but again, with that contract as it stood, that would have been – they probably would have still had to eat some uh, – something if not all of the contract uh, and he could still be picked up off waivers to where maybe somebody eats that contract i don't i, I don't i don't see that happening um i don't know i mean i hope that he's able to find his feet somewhere because i would i would hate for his entire career to be derailed because of covid yeah no he he needed like the release was the right thing to do, because uh, he he wasn't he didn't have a, a a slot here where he could play. You know they obviously they gave him the option to go back down to AAA again this year, um, right? Which he had the right in his contract to refuse, um, which he did. And, and like you said, hopefully he gets picked up somewhere, um, or or maybe he maybe he just decides that it, it's better to head back to Japan. Um, where you know, he had a lot of success um, and and finish out his career there. Uh, so that's that's the Shogo news. Uh, Max Schrock was injured, um, I believe, running to first base. They've been nipped with the injury bug, honestly, quite a bit already this yeah, small I mean, preseason. And we talked about it a little bit last week with some of the guys that aren't going to start the year. Um, Luis Castillo is just not ready to go yet. And then you got, you know, Max Schrock, who uh, it looks like his expected returns not till mid June. Uh, that's per the the Reds site here. Um, Brandon Drury's day to day. Luis Castillo mid to late April. Lucas Sims mid to late April. Donovan Solano, who they just got. Mid-April, uh, Mike Miner, TBD expected return, sore left shoulder. I don't like that. Uh, Justin Dunn is also TBD, but we knew that. Uh, he's one of the guys they got in the Suarez, tra- Suarez Winker trade. They knew he was injured when they traded for him. Um, so that, that's to be expected. Jose Barrera's day-to-day with, a, with his wrist surgery. Um, TJ Antone expected to return 2023 with Tommy John. So, so you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned Schrock, you mentioned Solano, you mentioned Barrero. Sims. Castillo, Minor, Dunn, Sims, Antone. Trey Wingenter is listed on here. Late April. He's a right-handed pitcher. I don't know that name. My guy, Jake Fra- Fraley, is still still healthy, right? Right now, as it stands, this would be your actives on uh, Thursday. Tyler Stevenson and Aramis Garcia at catcher. Joey Votto, Colin Moran at first base. Jonathan India, second base. 
Mike Moustakas, Brandon Drury at third base. Shortstop Kyle Farmer, the fact that he's the only shortstop is concerning. Tommy Pham, Jake Fraley, Nick Sunzel, Tyler Naquin, Aristides Aquino in the outfield. Pitchers, Tyler Malley, Reaver Sanmart. I, I don't That's know. a new name for me. Riviere San Martin, he's a pitcher. I'm looking at um, something that uh, Charlie Goldsmith put out, and I guess he doesn't have all of the letters, unfortunately. Oh. Um, I was going to say, I, I didn't know Reaver San Martin was. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yep. Vladimir Gutierrez, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, your starters. Relievers, Luis Sessa, Tony Santian, Art Warren, former Bearcat, uh, Hunter Strickland, Justin Wilson, Jeff Hoffman, Dory Moreta, Ryan Hendricks, uh, Buck Farmer, Daniel Duarte, and Alexis Diaz. Um, a lot of new names there in the bullpen. A yeah. lot of new names there in the bullpen. That's probably not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> I also am very concerned if it's a good thing. Um, I guess, you know, with, with Donovan Solano, I guess he was kind of going to be maybe the backup backup shortstop. Uh, Mark Sheldon notes that, you know, they don't have a true backup on their, their 40-man roster behind Kyle Farmer. Um, we're, we we are Kyle Farmer fans here on uh, Pardon the Punctuation. That's fair. Uh, we 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 stand farmer here. I just uh, I, I just don't know that I want him to be the only shortstop on this. Oh no, roster. no I mean that that is a potential oversight. Concerning and and, and, and maybe I, one that gets well. Can Drury sl- slide over there? Yeah, and, and then in you a know, pinch, got, I guess. In a, they, in a pinch, they've got guys like you know Senzel. If when depending on when Barrero comes back, like some of these guys could could slot over there. Right, I mean, it, I forgot Senzel can can do that. Yeah, I mean, he he came up as what a, a third baseman. He start he came up as a was drafted as a third baseman, then has just played the like where do you need me? I will well, make it work. Game. What about Alejo Lopez? Yeah, no, we know he's a uh, you know Clay Snowden is big high on him, well, and, and because he can play the position. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He did it all summer hey. or all winter down in the what the the Caribbean leagues or, or Mexican league. I'm not sure. One of the Latino leagues. He, he did it all, off, all winter. One yes. of the off season leagues. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 an interesting thing that hopefully doesn't end up you know biting them. Uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, they've yeah, obviously you, you, the season is upon us in two days. Uh, I would so, I would think though with only having one shortstop there has to be a move unless they expect Barrero back very soon. Well, he's listed as as day to day. Okay, well that's I, I guess a little settling as yeah, opposed uh, to unsettling. But so th- this this notes here on on it's oh it's another Mark Sheldon quote without many true. Shortstops in Camp Cincinnati moved Miguel Hernandez to the big league camp from minor league side. Recently signed veteran Donovan Solano. We'll also see action there. However, he is currently hurt and not expected back till mid-April. According to sportstrack.com or uh, spottrack.com, there are some uh, free free agent shortstops still out there. Uh, Corey Seager, Trevor Story, Javier Baez. They've all signed. 
Yeah. Uh, they haven't updated their stuff then. No. No. Uh, story story so. signed a big deal. I, that's what I thought because they also had like Chris Bryant still out there, and I thought he signed too. So Javi Baez yeah. went to Detroit, I believe. Yeah, this website needs to be updated. Uh, story went to the Bow Sox and Seager, the Rangers, maybe. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I don't recall. Yes, he's no, not a red, so it's fair. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, the the off season wasn't like no one no one was paying attention because it wasn't even happening. Yeah, yeah and, the, the lockout kind of. Well, we know what that did. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, like, you know, we have been, and like Aaron made mention earlier, we've been very um, hard, tough, hard. Um, you know, pretty direct about our thoughts on on the the state of what's going on with the Reds. Um, we did talk to Clay Snowden a couple weeks ago. He maybe talked us back off the ledge a little bit as far as as you know what what he sees going on, maybe where where things are lining up for. And, and you know what? May, maybe a team like this that's that's young and has you know guys wanting to prove themselves. I mean, we got is Tommy Pham hurt? Did he get hurt? He's still still around. We got I him. Think, yeah, mention? I think he's good. No, I think he's good. You mentioned him, uh, but you know you got guys that have things to prove uh, and, and are coming up. I mean, you got Hunter Green and and Nick Lodola who are obviously you know, they're gonna Hunter Green's really last outing though was very concerning. I didn't see he, it. Two innings, two innings pitched, seven earned runs. I'm, I'm sorry, seven runs scored, five earned. Yeah. That's funny. When you go to Google and just type in Cincinnati Reds roster, uh, Hunter Green. Hold on, it's coming up. Is that really Hunter Green? Uh, Google needs to fix no. there. <laughs> Google probably needs to work on, on what comes up there. Uh, I thought that was hilarious earlier. It, it is It is interesting to look across the top of that, and everybody's in a different team's jersey. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for it, I think, now, just to see. I mean, look, it's it's Reds baseball, all right? I'm going to watch. And, like, let's be like, all I'm, the way real. I'm yeah. going to watch. Like, I, I can talk as much smack as I want about you know, sell the team, Bob. Like I'm boycotting so, the season. I'm not boycotting the season. I've like, gone. I'm a, a Reds fan li- through and through. I've gone a little bit further than you, Jeff, to where I'm. I've I've literally told people in my circle. I have a June birthday. I want no Reds gear this year. I want no Reds tickets this season, unless it's some Chris Chris Sabat Rex, Rex specs. That's not officially licensed gear, but okay. Okay, what's well, all right. Fine. Also, I don't know what I would do with Rex Specs. Wear them on the show. No. Um, but I, I, I just, I, I've taken it, my my stance against this ownership group a little bit further. Just trying to plant my little flag on my little hill that I, I don't agree with these moves. And I don't agree with what they're saying. I mean, we talked about it last week. You weren't here, Ed. I'm, I'm sorry. But we, we went into depth about this market, you can say what you will about the city of Cincinnati, but this market expands, as we well know, much farther than the city of Cincinnati. You're talking 
all of Southeast Ohio, but much further up into Columbus, up into Dayton, as you have a minor league affiliate up in Dayton, by the way, you have a minor league affiliate down in Louisville, by the way. So you have a vast majority of Kentucky where 700 still reaches. Indiana doesn't have a team. You have a lot of Indiana. You have a lot of West Virginia. You have Southern into South Eastern Ohio, where I currently reside. Like it's not just this little patch of the city of Cincinnati when you're talking about the market. And I, I just can't agree that that's what the market is. Fair. Maybe on a day-to-day basis of people who are able to attend multiple games in a week, but who's actually doing that anyway, even in any market? That's Not true. for baseball. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens when, like when the when the trade deadline comes up, you know, to see are like are they going to work to like, depending on where they're at? Because who knows? Like maybe they do surprise us, and you know prove us wrong which i would be you know more than happy like we said last week more more than happy to you know put my foot in my mouth on that one like, they certainly have the money for it so we'll, we'll see uh the season does kick off uh in two days in atlanta uh which is an interesting place to have to start uh not my what, opening what day it, what, what did we call it the that's the the start of the season but not opening day for us so um, opening day here is on the 12th on a Tuesday. Um, but we will see the so return weird. to the Finley market opening day parade. Is that Tuesday uh, too? Who, who is the grand marshal? Barry Larkin. Barry Larkin. Okay. Good. So, uh, my all time favorite Cincinnati Reds player. Is, uh, is, uh, is the opening day parade on Tuesday as well? Correct. Okay. Uh, unfortunately won't make that this year, but now you are yeah. going to see Hunter green debut down in atlanta yeah i mean and you're gonna see at home you're gonna see tyler malley i believe the i I don't recall if he's the first pitcher down in atlanta or if he's going to be the opening day pitcher here i know he was slated as the opening day pitcher but i don't recall if that is our opening day or their opening day because i don't care about their opening day i mean i do but because i'll be watching we all i'm gonna hate watch this entire season jesus yeah we're all gonna watch it we're gonna be sending text messages back to forth to each other but hey maybe they'll surprise us oh jeff look it's it's your friend gf he's here oh gf how are you oh hey that's, that's a, uh that's a fun it, fact it, it, that's correct it was 1990 there's a fun fact also um ebay has come in i found a pair of rec specs why are they so yellow did you because because they're 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 from the 90s 1990 (laughs) 30 dollars if you don't you you need to buy them horace grant warren i I was talking to a buddy earlier today who said that chris was his like all-time favorite baseball player and when he was young growing up he did not have vision issues. His brother did. Uh, so he stole his brother's rec specs and would put them on. And he said he couldn't see anything when he put them on. So he'd like just run around the house and run into stuff. But he was like, I'm not taking them <laughs> off. Because 
Like I, I worked hard to get these for my brother. So I'm going to wear prescription rec specs and just run into stuff all over the place. Uh, awesome. Aaron nicely wore rec yeah. specs in, in, in grade school baseball. I believe it. Mm-hmm. I think even wore them in high school baseball. Quite possibly, actually. But so um i I did there was another there was another announcement from the from red's country today i think we were going to the same place at the same time are we all talking about go ahead jeff todd frazier's retirement oh that wasn't the place i thought you were going but that was another thing that was announced today and Um, we all love todd frazier you love you love todd frazier a little bit more than myself or maybe even ed look he he gave you your uh, favorite memory at the ballpark he did. I, I was at I was at the home run derby. You know, I always just liked his energy that he brought. Like you know, he, maybe he wasn't always the the uh, the, the greatest play, the, the the greatest player on the field. But like that dude had great energy, and then obviously, you know, the the greatest sports moment I've ever witnessed in person. Um, I, I did see. I think it was Lance McAllister tweeted something about about him needing like him having a, a decent shot at being in the reds hall of fame like so yeah that was actually mo egger and i was going to ask you guys it? about that uh um, well, okay. they said there's a log jam right yeah. now in uh, the reds oh. hall of fame where you have basically a lot of guys adam dunn jay bruce um brandon phillips that just the guys that are out the guys that are out there that aren't in it are like, not currently in the reds hall of fame where does the bar, where do you set the bar as far as like who gets well, into the Reds Hall of Fame? But like, you're also going to have guys not getting in on this next go round that are going to be Hall of Famers here at the in the Reds Hall of Fame. But th- there's going to be some guys that just simply don't make it. Not like the, the situation that you've had in the past where it's been like, guys get in and there's some guys that you don't necessarily know their names, but there's going to be guys that, you know, their names that are just simply could not get in because like, the folks- I, I think, I, I think that like, if we're talking Todd Frazier, like I think he sits behind quite a few of those people in that log jam before he gets in. Now, does the moment, does the home run derby moment alone put him into the Reds Hall of Fame? I, I don't think so. If you're, I mean, it, if, it's a fantastic moment. It was a great like experience to be there. It It's not a part of a contribution to the regular season. Right around that same time frame, though, Scott Rowland. Do you put Scott Rowland in the Reds Hall of Fame? I don't know. I was a huge Todd, uh, Scott Rowland fan, but I don't... That's a... That's a make you think kind of question i'll come back to that next week (laughs) um i don't don't think the reds make the playoffs in that year that they got swept by after after being up to nothing where where they get they but maybe they win the that playoff series if you know what i mean like i mean these are questions we have to there's Does some Ed's there's boy some Matt Latos get into the Reds Hall of no. Fame. No. Uh, there are some ground rules. So I'm like looking at the uh, Hall of Fame voting and election process. So it says to be eligible, uh, modern player ballot, uh, a player must have appeared in a major league in major league game within the last 13 years, played for the Reds in at least three seasons over the course of his career, and in at least his third season, 
since his last appearance in Major League Baseball. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Has to have been in the last thirteen seasons. Uh, has to have appeared in a major league game within the last thirteen years. Again, that's weird. This that's weird. The, this is the conundrum with the log jam. That's but weird. Then, maybe Dunner's already in. I think. I think Dunn's already Dunn's in. in. Yeah, he was yeah. drunk. Yeah. Yeah. I've, we we actually talked about that here on the on the podcast. Yeah. Um. The the news that I was going to bring up is the Reds. And the Bengals have crossed over to where the Bengals are very involved on opening day here in yes. the Queen City. Oh, yeah. I saw that today, too. Is that because not all the tickets are sold? And so they... <laughs> Quite possibly. Yeah. Uh, you have... They don't understand why, though. They don't understand why. You have Jamar Chase presenting the National League Rookie of the Year Award to Jonathan India which I think is an outstanding move. Oh, yeah. You have Joe Burrow throwing the first pitch to the first pitch catcher, Zach Taylor. I agree with that, too. I think yeah. that that's a fantastic move as you are trying to sell out well, yeah. opening day for a game that never doesn't sell out. It blows my mind that you have just messed everything up so bad that you aren't selling out opening day, which uh, is the I, biggest well, I, party. I, I, I we, do we agree with them that there could be a couple different factors that go into that, but I think, yes, the biggest factor is of the off-season, off-season moves. I mean, it's a Tuesday. I, I, it's much easier to it call. It never matters the, what day yeah, it is. That doesn't matter to anybody. Like that, yeah. that it always, It's never a weekend. Look, I... It didn't matter that, but... what day opening day was when I was growing up. I was out of school and I was at the parade and then I was at yeah. the game. Yeah. Like it, that that's how it worked. Um it it a lot of it comes down to the fact that there I, I don't think that there was the transparency and clarity as far as like what the plan or idea or you know the way they were gonna move forward with the franchise. So I, I do want to talk about that for a moment. As I, I already have sent her the apology, but I did not mean to paint her into a corner with that question, as we did have Annie Sable on earlier this show. And I, when I asked her about Nick Crawl and Bob Castellini, I didn't know if she had already talked to them. And I was trying to give her the opportunity to shed them in a better light than the fans currently see her. So I, I did try and offer her that moment that was that was my reasoning for that question not to put her into an awkward position with somebody who's basically an employer so i did want to point i didn't i didn't think it did but it's cool that you reached out to her. Uh, i mean the i i think that and we've talked about it before already like we've touched on it several weeks now like oh we just wanted a plan. Like we want like a, you know what I mean? Like a, a direction. Like we want to feel like if it, if it's a tear down, like, like if it's a tear down, right up front, Hey, this is a tear down. We're yep. going to start this over. We're going to, you know, do it this way. And that's how it's going to be. You know, like look at, you know, like, like Houston, like Houston did like a tear down. Right. And they were oh. open and honest about it. Hey, we we're doing a tear down. And then they, they built back up and that's where the Wade Miley, Mike minor thing just yeah. doesn't make sense. So like, it, it, like you said, it, it's kind of, it's one of those things that you look at it and you're like, is this, 
what are we doing? Are we, are we treading yeah. water? Like, are we, yeah. are we trying to be right. in that like seventy-eight win place? If like, there would have been like some sort of like I don't want to say press conference, but like some sort of thing saying, "Hey, here's like just like Jeff said, hey, here's what we're doing," then I think none of us would have blown up like that. But like you said, was there is we didn't know what we were doing? Were we just completely dismantling the team and just saying we've given up, well, or were we looking for the future? And I think we just needed some transparency and some some explanation behind those moves you also saw david bell in a situation where he didn't know what they were doing when he says we're doing this in a weird way like we're getting better but in a weird way like that and and i think he was kind of put in 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 a weird spot weird spot he was put in you know kind of an awkward uncomfortable because situation to be there and like and the vision the vision doesn't make sense to him right and and some of that some of that i think also comes from the fact that yes we were in a lockout right so like there was like there was zero frustration from that there there was zero communication obviously from like owners anywhere to their their fan bases or because they even talk to the managers like right at that point to the players they couldn't talk to the players because i don't i don't know i don't know where the managers fall in the in that hierarchy i don't either so but like it, I, clearly in that one interview that we played a couple weeks ago, he had no clue what the hell management was doing. And so, that that was that was, honest to God, that was my entire reasoning for that question is I wanted to give her the opportunity if she had spoken to them. And that's why I asked if she had spoken to their representation or whatever the case may be, if she could put them in a better light than what we have as and, just fans. And and so like I think Good night, Jeff. Thank you for coming in. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, but I, I think what I was getting at is like with, with the lockout, right? Like, so there was no there was no plan given, obviously, during the lockout because they I don't know, they couldn't talk to us. So then but obviously they were talking amongst themselves, right? Like they came up with this this plan or direction or whatever they're doing behind closed doors and as soon as the lockout's over it was like bam 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 like you know sunny gray's gone then you know winker and suarez are gone and you know we're getting players to be named later and we're getting this and so it, it all kind of hit like really fast like really fast and we were all still thinking about like okay like miley walked right at the end of the like we let miley walk and sign with the cubs back in the fall and then, in, a, in a in a weird everything that happened with a that weird deal turn of events was, there was and maybe strange. maybe they had a different idea about what they were going to do then I, I don't know and castellanos like then then you have them like well we haven't even talked to castellanos people like, like what do you mean you haven't like even reached out to them as soon as the as soon as the lockout was over that would have been my first call if that's who if if i wanted to bring you, him back right if you even want to remotely be involved like right. let hey, me know what, what's me, this what's it gonna take what do we need to do to have him back here like if that was if that was a true plan because then then it, it felt like a, a situation where they were trying to save a little bit of face by saying oh yeah like the reds are we're, we're in on on castellanos now but two days ago you said you hadn't even talked to his people and they're you know he's on your he was on your team Probably. i'd have been jake i'd have been so jaded at that point if i was him hmm. honest to god you have every reason and every right to be jaded at that point in time. You know, so here's what it is. Um, 
But this is the team that we have. This is the direction they're going. They have spelled it out. Uh, they want to be more successful. And Annie pointed out her time in Tampa. She's seen what the Rays did. Is that the direction that the Reds want to go? If so, and that's the result we get, I'll take a couple on the chin here while it, it fleshes out and becomes, you know, Tampa North. I guess my only frustration with that is the fact that when you purchased the Reds, you said that yeah. we are always going to be competing. Right. We're always going to be looking for championships. Not we're always going to be looking for money ball and looking to do this in the cheapest way possible while using the minor league system as the best course of action before the guys get to their actual contracts. And then we're going to be seeing them off. Like you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. And if you are, then put out a whole new statement or, or like, I don't know, man, maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, at this point, you know, it's kind of I, one of those like wait and see. Well, you know, I, I think your things. I think your ambitions and the, the the dreams that you had when you first purchased the Reds have changed. And obviously, there is a pandemic. There's no way to hide or or get around that. That changed some things for everyone. But don't use that as the crutch to not spend money. I don't like that. Well, here's the thing. We are in fact Reds fans here on this podcast as much as it might seem like That's we why were, it hurts though, right? That's why it hurts. Yeah. That, that's why we're that's that's why we have the the emotional response that we do and cuz this is a team that we watched growing up through through our and, younger years that was successful. Through the, the the times where the Bengals hurt us the most, <laughs> yeah. my how the tides have changed. Right. So, and, and you know what? Maybe maybe this plan works, and you know they can kind of get it put together. They needed to move some things around, like like you mentioned earlier. There are some contracts that come off the books in the coming years. Yes. Um, I don't see Mustakas the Reds and, and Vado. I don't see the Reds locking themselves into any more like crazy long term deals. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of turnover. Um, I mean, at some point you're going to have to trade Castillo then because they're not going to lock him into a deal that keeps him here. Let's be real. I mean, there, there could be some changes and other things that who knows, but right now the plan for the Reds is, is to have homegrown talent, uh, bring guys up through, you know, from the draft into the minor leagues, the major league level, and hopefully have guys that are ready to backfill dudes that are on their way out when the contract is going to be, you know, some crazy 10 year deal that the Reds just aren't going to jump into anymore. Switching gears. I don't think they will. Well, switching gears just a little bit, not all the way, just a little bit. I want to talk about MLB the show because it came out today officially but if you pre if you pre-ordered it you got it several days ago i pre-ordered it joey vado is the best reds player (laughs) i think anytime you say joey vado i'm gonna do that 
He's the no. best Reds player, ranked at an 83 with a potential of a B. The second best Reds player is Jonathan India, ranked at an 82, also with a potential of a B. And I want to publicly wonder why in the holy hell the returning rookie of the year is only ranked a potential of a B. I don't know how they do their rankings. I mean, like, look at Madden. Madden has crazy rankings, too. Like, Oh, the Bengals are still, like, the Bengals' final rankings were still not good enough to put them in the Super Bowl if you simulated a season. But didn't you mention that, like, Ellie De La Cruz isn't even, like, a an option to... Uh, so, I was corrected by a guy that we were trying to have on the podcast at one point in time, Ryden Rosters, who is known throughout the MLB The Show community as the guy who used to release all of the minor league rosters because MLB The Show did not have a deal in place with the minor league, um, the, the MILB, uh, which they do now. You can get him on the default rosters, but the updated rosters, for one reason or another, I can't make rhyme or reason of it, do not have him on the updated rosters. So Ellie De La Cruz is available on the default, but not the updated that has everybody moved to where they're supposed to be. Very odd that that was something that was missed. Um, I haven't been on in two days. So they may have fixed the rosters at this point as we're going into opening day. I would hope they would have the guys who are on the rosters at this point in time. Um, but I, I can't confirm or deny one way or the other there as I haven't been able to hop on there. It's fair. It's frustrating. Okay. Well, go red legs. We will, the season kicks off, like I said, in two days, mm-hmm. uh, it is kicking off in Atlanta. Then they will move up here next week. Yes. And, and uh, I get to watch this year. You'll have an opportunity to uh, head down to the ballpark if you so choose. Uh, I won't be there. Root, root on root on those guys down there. Uh, if I do go, I'm bringing a sub sandwich. Ed, did you look at... The- Ed, Ed's definitely going because he promised Annie he was going to take her a broom. Oh, I did say that, didn't I? Oh. Jeff, there's no shot in hell that he actually shows up with a sub sandwich, right? Who, me? No, yes, you. I, I could see Ed, Ed will definitely take a sub sandwich into the ballpark, and I, I, I wholly disagree with it. I think they're going to stop him at the front gate because he's not the guy walking in with a bag of Lee's chicken. I think they're going to stop Ed, him with Ed's a deli have... sandwich. Yeah, he's going to have a deli sandwich, and they're going to be like, no. You're allowed to bring it in if it's in a soft-sided cooler. Are you not allowed to bring in? Are you not allowed to bring in the peanuts from the guys who are selling out in the parking lot? Yeah, they're they're unopened. That's a baseball food, Ed. Name another food. They sell sushi at the stadium. What? I know. I, I'm in the same boat as you on that, but I'm just saying well, they, they shouldn't. I hope they make you open your sandwich to make sure there are no unauthorized objects Pickles? inside inside the sandwich. And then it gets exposed to the heat, and it's terrible. Ed's a miracle whip guy. Totally. Disney did make me open up my little soft-sided cooler that I had underneath the stroller, and they commented uh, about the excellence of bringing in oranges and granola bars while you're waiting in line. Fantastic idea, Ed. 
All right, moving on. <laughs> I don't know that there's really a whole lot to talk about with like bear cats. Did you see the tweet that stuff? came out uh, this afternoon from a one Mars? Yeah, I did see that. Like that guy's a goof. I don't even want to talk about him. I mean, no. I'm, I'm sure there is like yeah. Like, I saw it, but I don't. I also is there anything? Is there anything to talk about that hasn't been covered on? Yeah, every other Bearcat Journal podcast. Well, I want to talk to you guys about the fact that the red black game is Saturday. Spring game. Spring game the, is Saturday. The one that the one that everybody's fired up about that isn't uh, I'm not fired up about it because it's gonna be like a high of forty eight with a wintry mix. Oh yeah, it is supposed to be uh yeah, yeah. I'm over that. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, it was eighty eight. High 80s, low 90s in Florida last week. You saying that while wearing a Savannah banana hat just infuriates me. Uh, so Chad, I'll be there because I, I have to actually, Chad's got to go to AAU tournaments after practice, and I have to write about what's going on at the spring game this weekend. Uh, you can actually go to the spring game if you decide to. Five dollars to attend. That's it. That's it. Um, Five dollars to get in, huh? Sounds like a good family afternoon. Not in a wintry mix. Your kids are always yeah. sick. <laughs> what do you mean? My kids have actually avoided being sick. It's been great. Yeah, well, don't take them to a forty-eight degree high. There he is. Hi. Hello, darkness, I my old friend. <laughs> I will not stand for Miracle Whip slander. Oh, Do we talk about Miracle Whip this time? Hel Hellman's is the best. No, gross. Real mayonnaise is disgusting. Jeff, where are you at on this? Mayonnaise. Actual mayonnaise. Craft salad. No, it's it's not good. It doesn't taste good. I don't care Miracle what it's called. Miracle Chad, are you a margarine or a butter guy? Uh, country an, crock shed spread. Okay, so like the real stuff. Chad, Chad's and I can't believe it's not butter, Dad. <laughs> the spray. <No>. The spray. <laughs> the spray bottle. That's some good shit. That's, good, I mean, it's, it's, That's the good shit. That's the good shit. Chad's got, a, good Chad's got a toasted bagel, and he's like. <laughs> I was told. I was told for like a year and a half. Make your grilled cheese with mayonnaise. Blah. Blah. No. Blah. I, I remember don't that use, conversation on Twitter. I'm don't not use butter. Use mayonnaise. It's and don't use done. Miracle Whip. Use real mayonnaise. I made it. My family wanted to vomit from those grilled cheese with mayonnaise. Let's see, I mean, that's a one and done. You try it one time. Just say you did it. And you're like, yeah, no, I'm well, going back. Going back to my well, spray on. Yeah. I can't believe it's that shit's fun. better than mayonnaise on a grilled cheese. I'm I'm a Hellman's guy. It, it, it's, it doesn't taste it doesn't taste good. See, I I, I disagree. I, I think it's because my mom raised me on Miracle Whip and then I actually got to taste real mayonnaise and I was like, Yeah, oh I was raised on Miracle Whip this, this and then I the tasted Real mayonnaise went. This is the shit that clogs your veins. I'm here for that. I mean, Bleh. look, Miracle Whip's not bad. It, it's a it's a tangy it's a tangy mayonnaise. Right? It's, it tastes it's, good. It's 
it's it's the the heavy cream that sat out too long and you added paprika to it it's chad's a i can't believe you're a miracle whip guy but you had so much bad things to say about like sour cream which is essentially miracle whip yeah the the (laughs) word sour in it but I think that's a mental thing, right? Sour cream the cream has gone sour, and they, now you're going to eat it. They yeah. rebranded sour cream with the word miracle. Right, and I thought it was awesome. It's a miracle. You can actually digest it. That's the miracle. <laughs> I don't think Chad jumped in here to talk about this miracle whip obsession. No, that's yeah. exactly, that's exactly <laughs> why wow. I jumped in here. I heard just slander Miracle Whip, and I it's not I a slander a Miracle Whip. I couldn't, I couldn't get to the link fast enough. The creamy, what is it? The creamy zip of Miracle Whip, right? <laughs> it's a miracle that people think this is disgusting. What's wrong with you? All right, so I'm curious to you guys, as we have Chad here. There is a spring game. What position? Maybe. There's maybe a spring game. What does that mean? What were you guys just talking about? It's a wintry mix. 48 wintry mix. Are they going to cancel it? We'll see. Do you think it's safe to send all those kids out there to play football in 45 degree wintry mix weather? They're football players, not you, Chad. They do it every year. Yeah, but it's not. No, they don't. No, no. What What happens if Evan Prater... Pulls a hand like blows. If somebody blows a knee out because it's because you're you're trying to get a spring game in when you could push it back a week or two weeks or just not do it. Just have practice in the bubble. You could just practice in the bubble, and then if you want to do your spring, your red and black game, you know, in two weeks when it's warm, not do it or just not do it because like I mean they're not. This isn't like. You know, like Michigan or any of those places that are like televising it, and they do all these crazy things. And I understand that. I guess Luke isn't. Luke's not big on on televising it, which is fine. I know that some people are you know upset about the fact that they can't they can't pull up you know. A he doesn't want the rocket tip. He doesn't want the tape uh, out there. I get it, and that's fine. And I'm I'm kind of partial to that. If you want to go see it, it's five bucks. And I know if you're not close by and you can't do that, you can't do it. But Hey, it's a spring or you game. Could not pay for parking. Park somewhere around campus for free, and it's zero dollars. Oh, Aaron made it sound like I, it was. Five I thought bucks it was a five dollar ticket. I thought I read that somewhere that it was a five dollar uh, ticket I, to get in. Okay. I thought it was five dollars for parking. No, I thought it. Maybe I'm wrong. I might be wrong on that. I don't. Know. I don't know. One of us is <laughs> right. One of us I, I've, I've been. been the, the my thing is. I, I've had yeah. other things going on. Like I'm, I'm not dialed in on tickets for the spring but game that I don't have to pay. The, the thing, what it comes down to is like, you know, what Chad's saying. Like, if you're going to have a spring game and it's going to be 35 degrees and potential for like sleet, like, is that the the best? I mean, you're not even going to get a good read on your guys and what you have like in in conditions like that. Right. It's not necessary. Why why run guys out for the potential of injury when you can go in the bubble? Do what you've been doing. Just keep preparing. Who cares if you actually well, have a, a true spring game? It's not a requirement. Like On top of that, we've, we've also seen the fact that there are already guys that haven't been able to get out there. So you're not yeah. entirely getting your whole team out there. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset at all if they don't end up doing it. Outside of the fact I, that I'm it's, not... it's where I get to just hang out with Chad and Justin and Dan Horde and Dave. No, Justin. And... Justin's out. 
because of baby. Yeah, baby. Have you seen that? That kid needs a haircut. See pictures of that kid? That kid needs a haircut. That, that kid came out of the womb with more hair than my wife. <laughs> well, well played, Chad. Well played. I didn't that see actually, that joke coming. Uh, that, well, that was actually a joke that was made in the Brendel household when the baby was born, and I showed Kelly the picture, and she was like, she's got more hair than me. And I was like, yep. She's been alive for one hour, like one one hour when that picture was taken. She's got more hair than you. Uh, so, I mean, but that's when I get to just hang out with you guys. So that's the only reason I would be upset. But plus I, I get yeah. to listen to Dave and, and Dan talk draft. So I'm not speaking on, on any like uh, inside information here. I'm just looking at like the reality of what, that is supposed to be. Yeah. Nobody's right. going to come. If it's 43 degrees and a mix of rain and snow and like and bullshit, you're really going to like pack the family up in the car and be like, let's go sit in the stands at Nippert. No shot. I mean, no. even, even last year it was cold rain where we were just all huddled up kind of under the overhang yeah. of the, uh, the, the Bearcat layer. But it was like 50. 55. Still not great. No, we were all it cold. Was like, yeah, we were still cold. A, it was chilly in rain. It wasn't cold in rain. No, I mean, we all had long sleeves on. We all had long pants on. Aaron, you understand the difference between 50, 55 degrees and, and 42 degrees, right? Yeah, it's like 10 degrees, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big difference. It's a big difference. Yes. I'm glad Bearcats. we agree. The Bearcats are picking up what a, <laughs> a, a, a new coach from uh, what, uh, leaving Ohio State staff, right? Yeah, Ricky Brown. Uh, is that happening still? Well, he's a, he's quality control. Yeah, so he is he is coming in, uh, former elder guy. Yep. Um, he'll be. He's not really like on field recruiting assistant. It'll be more um, breaking down tape, uh, evaluating opponents. Um, but a, a good addition. I know he's he's a guy that a, a lot of people around town really think highly of. My brother-in-law played with him at Elder, and everyone said, from Elder loves him. Well, he said that everyone dude from Elder hit loves me anyone harder from Elder, than I've Elder. ever been hit at practice. Right? No, that's <laughs> exactly. the thing. He said, "I'm glad they didn't know how good he was at the time, because he would have played over me." Because my my brother in law was a a cornerback, and uh, he's like he would have played over me at the time, and they just didn't realize how good he was. He he was like he would give yeah. people concussions. He hit them so hard, right? I, like, like I I've talked to several people that are like have elder lineage, and yes, Ed, sometimes they overhype their own, but every one of them to a T was like that dude would knock you out. Like that that dude would run into you with his face as hard as he could and the consequences were the consequences because that was a time when yeah football was different my, my, <laughs> brother, my brother-in-law referred to him as a chin tackler and so right. he just that's what he i'm just, trying to get at here he just gave people concussions and got yeah. them himself and you yeah. know that, like you said it was at different times so it was like uh can you see still all right get back out there yeah. like 
Well, so, and the way you tackled was different. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, like it, it was it, maybe not crown of the helmet, but like you know the 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 area above where the face mask goes. That's what you ran into somebody with. But well, my brother-in-law said he used the crown of his helmet as a well, weapon. Yeah, sure. Also, <laughs> there, yes, so. also that. Also, that. I was trying to be nice about it. But no, also there's that, no. Yeah. We're we're not being <laughs> nice here. We're sugarcoating nothing on this podcast. <laughs> but is that not a testament, though, to Luke recognizing a problem with the fact that Cincinnati is tough to recruit and bringing in a Kerry Combs, who the West Side, even if you're not a Cole Rain guy, the entire West Side welcomes back with open arms and an elder guy who, when you talk about the GCL, they, I mean, he's done dude. this the entire time he's been here. Right. When have we had an elder guy or, or a GCL guy for that? Well, you've had like Doug Rossfeld was part of the program. When Luke first got here, like you've had guys, uh, Tony Pike. I guess I just feel like around oh, the program while not necessarily being like a, a member on staff, but like, a. uh, a champion for the program, somebody that was the sideline reporter, worked for UC. I guess I feel like we've kind of gotten away from that over the course of the last couple of years to where we haven't had a GCL, a West Side guy, and, and to bring them back in. I think that that's just another feather in his cap. Sure. As far as recruiting goes. So I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. I didn't it. know Kerry Combs coached in the GCL. Uh, well, it's the GMC, right? I. Well, I was <laughs> referencing the elder hire for the GCI. Right, I'm messing with you, Aaron. Calm down. I'm also drinking a little bit more than I normally do with you, sir. So. <laughs> sure. Wait, what do you got there? Just some Bud Lights? Uh, Bud Light seltzers, yeah. <laughs> You're so soft. I'm just trying to watch, watch the weight, man. It's fine. <laughs> what, are you, what are you watching it go up? Like, what it. <laughs> All too often. Um, but, <laughs> Ed, Jeff, what are you guys looking for as far as when – should there be a game played on Saturday? What are some of the positional battles that you are looking to see here? Well, I know we brought it up last week. Uh, obviously, Ed wasn't here, but uh, uh, kind of want to – obviously, I haven't seen it much. You, know, you guys kind of touched on it a little bit uh, with – Arquan going going to the edge there on the uh, on the boundary. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, see kind of where where he stands there. I I don't expect to be disappointed. Um, obviously, everybody we beat it to death the the quarterback back and forth, but being able to actually see it, um, maybe at you know whatever game speed that truly is, uh, that that would be nice. Um, Chad has hyped up the defense uh, to a level where I'm really excited to see. Uh, what they've got going on there and then the wide receivers like i mean i know i've listed almost every position but like the the wide receivers like there have been some dudes like that you know out there and i you know i i really like i hope that mardner is like you know like that that's a guy that i you know when they announced that he or he announced that he was coming i was like but yeah (laughs) but mardner's like 80 foot tall like i just chris scott He's super long. <laughs> Is your guy named Chris Scott? If I mention Chris Scott, yeah, you, you Ed, have Ed, let's play this game. Ed, how many how many current Bearcats can you name on the football team? Oh, um, Chris Scott. Scott. 
um, the two quarterbacks we just talked about, whose names are escaping me because you put me on the spot. Mm. Um, Chris ben, Scott, Ben Bryant, and Evan Prater. But go yeah, on. that's them. Yeah, that's them. Mm-hmm. Why you gotta put me on the spot like that? You know, Arquan Bush. Arquan Bush was was already mentioned. Yeah, I'm just going through the guys we already talked about. So was Nick Mardner. I could be sitting in a room with a guy, and if you put me on the spot like that, I'm not going to remember their name. So thanks a lot. You're welcome. I'm here for that. Are there any positional battles that you're looking Without for? Without looking, today? what's my name, Ed? <laughs> <laughs> Savannah Banana. Carl? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's not Carl. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This one's not going on the front page, Ed. <laughs> well, we talked about we talked about baseball. <laughs> we didn't talk about Bearcats baseball. You did actually. You mentioned we were going through the roster and you mentioned that one of the players was a former Bearcat. Art Warren. Yeah. Art Warren. Which I didn't know that, Aaron. Good mm-hmm. tidbit. You're welcome. Um I'm just kidding with this, Ed. But are there any positional battles that you're looking forward to, Ed? Well, I mean, uh, Jeff kind of took mine, I think. Uh, the first time you asked that question, I, I was definitely going to say. Because he mentioned every position. Yeah, he did. Um, but the, when you first asked that question, I was the first to my mind was the quarterback position. Um, I think this is going to be really interesting. You know, you had Prater, who has been there. We thought he was going to take over. And then all of a sudden, here comes yeah, ben that Bryant, guy. Ben, ben Bryant. Bryant from, from Eastern Michigan. Yeah. So, well, formerly from University of Cincinnati. Um, but I think that should be interesting. Um, yeah, that's what I got. The other spots that I'm I'm curious about are running back, kicker, defensive line, backups, and and kicker. But are you are you more like are you more interested in seeing running back because? Well, because it's a committee, right? So right now. I think Ryan Montgomery might be the assumed number one, but he's injured. Right. So is that why you're like interested to see like what's what's there well, because outside of him while Charles, they get a chance to like get Charles McClellan has been there and he's had two bad knees at this point and he's bounced back and he's had a lot going on as far as his rehab goes. Um he was there last season throughout the year and he has been quite the story just in, in his comeback. Um, and he's had, according to Chad, some outstanding practices to where he's been able to plant and just takes off. You've also had Miles Montgomery, who has shown that he might be like the next all-around guy, but he's not quite yet there. You've also had Ethan Wright, who was basically your number two last year, where if he's the number two last year, you would assume that he'd slot in as the number one this year. But again, going back to Ryan Montgomery, maybe that's not the case. Luke continues to mess around that Ethan Wright might be better fitted as a safety. I don't know if he's messed around quite so often this year, but he's mentioned around in the past that he might be better cut as a safety than as a running back. So it's it's just, it's, there isn't a clear-cut Jerome Ford this season at running back, which is why I'm I'm kind of more curious about this running back by committee that Cincinnati hasn't done in maybe maybe since I don't know maybe since Dokes was there as the starter and then Michael Warren 
as his backup kind of overtook Dokes. But I don't even know if that's a, a fair comparison. Well, Dokes had a season-ending injury. That, that's that's where I was getting where it wasn't a fair yeah. comparison. So it, it's it should be interesting to see. We haven't had a season where there hasn't been a dude. And again, I, that's still not fair because we haven't seen Ryan out there yet. So I guess we'll see. And I'd argue Montgomery was a pretty clear number two last year over Ethan. I, I just felt Ethan took the bulk of the carries. No. The stats would disagree. When all was when all was undone, he he yeah. was not. Okay. I know when he we was... got to the meat of the like the meat, like when when uh Ford was out, Ryan Montgomery was the guy that got the bulk of the carries. Okay. And then towards the end of the season, when it really mattered, if they took Ford off the field, it was it was more Ryan Montgomery than anybody. Um I know that because Justin and I have had running like, you know, running jokes on the topic of like, who's the number two, what the, what the situation is there. Um, Oh, who does Justin say? I don't know. He's got three daughters now. I have no clue. He doesn't, he doesn't know who who he sees as his number one running. He's underwater. He's underwater right now. All right. You're not throwing him under the bus. I guess I'm not throwing him under the bus, but I, look, I, stand. <laughs> I think actually, I think both of us, like, I think Miles Montgomery is the most complete back on the roster. But what's holding him back then? Just experience, like just moving his way up over some guys that have, you know, that have, that have done it, that have played, that have, so that have produced. If you wanted to elaborate a little bit on Chuck, so Jeff and our listeners would know what I mean about Chuck where he's, you can't count him out right now. No, he's, he's looked really good. He looks back to being Charles McClellan. Like one of the things about him was his ability to like, you know, that they, you know, you always talk about that, that guy that can, can make one cut, go back across the grain and make a defense play. Go, go back to what Tracy does. Anytime he has the ball in his hands. Can Aaron, let me talk. Okay. Jeez. We're not, I'm talking about like remember the Boston College bowl game in the first first quarter or so. He had that play. They they found him out of the backfield. He made one cut and took it like 40, 50 yards to the house and just ran right past, right through Boston College's defense. Like that's that's why Chuck is so tantalizing. But he tore one ACL. Rehab from it beautifully. And then came back and then what three games into the season tore his other ACL. And and you're dealing with a guy that I mean he was he was okay last year and, and you saw it in in glimpses, but he didn't look like the guy that we saw when he was a freshman that was like, oh man, this guy's gonna be a weapon. And through the spring, as the spring has gone on you've started to see him once again look like that guy that can just – he did it uh, – I think it was the Saturday practice. It was the Saturday practice, maybe last Thursday. I don't know, one of them. They were working – no, it was Thursday. Um, they were working on red zone for most of the day. And they were down at like the 12, 13-yard line. And they ran a play to the left – 
and the defense was kind of loaded up on the left side. And it was the the short side of the field. So, you know, when you're on the short side, the defense is all flowing to the short side. There's a lot of guys in a small space ready to take you down. He put his left foot in the ground and went back right. And the defense was just left there standing, watching him sprint into the end zone from 12 yards out. That's the kind of stuff that McClellan has that that nobody else has. That's That's why they were so high on him early in his career um he just hasn't had the opportunity to you know make good on it so hopefully he's back to that uh ryan montgomery when he's back healthy is going to be in the mix and i still think there's a potential for you know them looking at the portal after uh the spring stuff Okay, that wasn't me. I, I just, sorry. Mm. It wasn't me either. Totally it was you. Nope. All right. Well, I think uh... basketball portal stuff should be uh, kicking up here soon with uh, with with the end of the the uh, tournament, which I uh, we don't have to like mention names, talk about anybody like that. I do want to congratulate uh, North Carolina for making it all the way to the championship game. Uh, Hubert is a fantastic coach. Uh, wonderful. I hope he has a very long career there. Thank Keep you. him forever. Should probably extend him for a couple of years. Should probably sign him to a twenty-year contract. Uh, I, I think so, somebody wh- said that even 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 after he leaves this world, he probably will have a place as the head coach at North Carolina. That was after, me. After that I know me. who it was, Chad. It was, was you. Me. Uh, I'm just sending Coach K packing, even though that meant that I ended up behind Aaron. While we're talking about this, how happy were you guys just watching North Carolina beat Duke? I wasn't happy because that meant that I ended up exactly one point behind you in that awful bracket I made in the in the. the... I I stopped paying attention. I I knew I was done, so I I didn't even know that. Um. But but how excited were you just to see Coach K go out that way? Look, here's 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 the like I want your guys' opinion on this. North Carolina won the rivalry. They won. Yes. They won. Is that there more, is, is there that is more than the championship? There is maybe. There is nothing Duke can do. To get the upper hand on the rivalry, nothing ever again. That's it. They they won in Cameron, in Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Unless then, he comes back. Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> and the time then, B. and then, for the first time in the history of the NCAA tournament, North North Carolina played Duke. It was in the Final Four. And they ended Kay's career and they sent him onto that golf cart with his wife. Like he had that weird touching moment <laughs> with Armando Bacot. I voted for you. You're like great he was Paul Mr. Player. Miyagi trying to heal him. He, he said, I wish you were my player. And then did that weird handhold, yeah. the left left yeah, handhold hand. thing. Yeah, it was, the whole it was interaction odd. was the strangest thing I've ever seen. 
you win the rivalry, right? You win the rivalry. There is nothing a Duke fan can ever say to you again if you're a North Carolina fan. I ever. Think, I think because of that, there's a 100% chance he comes back. I, I said even I though said the other day that I thought he might pull a Tommy B and be like, I got one more in me. Yeah. Even <laughs> though. Even though the other even, even though the other dude is already under contract, right? I think yeah. he's, he's well. Like, it's John Shire, so he could just be like, right. "Sit I down, think, bitch." I, I think he's like, <laughs> "Nah, one more time." Yeah, we aren't going out like that. I'll go out right. in, in the round of thirty-two before <laughs> I go out like that. I'll lose to Lehigh in the first round again. Before, before I lose, before I lose to North Carolina in the Final Four, never. In the, la- the last, the last two times he faced them, you know, like right. Can, can North he... Carolina wins the rivalry. You think he would I, I joked? I like and Xavier fans don't take me joking well, but I joked around. <laughs> I would schedule a tweet for twenty five years from now, and would be like, "Remember that time Cincinnati beat <laughs> Xavier in the Final Four? Like posthumously? Yeah, like just from the dead, like you know." Well, let me ask you: Would it be would it be worse if UC beat Xavier in a Final Four or in an Elite Eight, so that they again don't make it to the Final Four? Well, yeah, that would probably for them that would probably be worse for sure. Uh, but just imagine they make their first Final Four and there's Cincinnati waiting to keep them from their from first the championship, championship. Yeah, and, and Cincinnati wins. Like, I think I, that would. I think- I think I'd almost rather it be the Elite Eight than the Right, Final probably, Four. yeah, probably. Probably. I think you're right on that for sure. Wes is just sitting but like, there like <laughs> Oh, like it would be it would be like uh, but that was the joke is like that's North Carolina wins. Like they they they, they there's nothing in the next 50 years that Duke could do to trump what happened. And especially Hubert Davis, his first year as a coach with a team that was an eight, like earned an eight seed. They they, they deserve right. to be an eight seed with an right. eight man rotation. There, there was there was talk halfway through the season that Hubert Davis is in over his head, like a like, bubble team, a bubble team. Yeah, and and then they not only beat Duke in Cameron. In Kay's last game to seal the bubble, right? Yeah. To get in. Yeah. If they like, don't win that game, they they, they don't make the tournament. It, it's they it's were going to need help in the ACC tournament probably if they don't win yeah. that game. I did see. I did see an interesting or hear an interesting stat that like I guess as far as like efficiency and things like that get like over the last month of the season they were they were great. Uh, but he had. I mean, he had them on on firing on all cylinders, as they say. I mean, right. And if if Baycott's not hurt in the championship game, like, yeah, I say there's a hundred percent chance he comes back because you cannot leave Duke in shambles that way. You can't. You can't. And and that's the crazy thing, right? They lost a great, an epic game in the Final Four. If it was anybody but North Carolina, it would be widely celebrated that like Coach K put his best foot forward. His team gave him everything that they had. You know, they they did everything in their power, and they just lost a great game to a team in the Final Four that played a little bit better and had a guy go off in the second half in Caleb Love and, like, hit 
the two clutch shots, and there, as a coach, there's nothing you can do. But instead, it's North Carolina. Did have you guys seen Bomani's Bomani Jones Twitter? Oh, he's no. he's you. He you were him, and he is you. He's oh, yeah. all over everyone. He's like, it doesn't matter that they lost in the national championship. Yeah, this this win goes on forever. Every every Duke fan that tried to rationalize with him after the game, like in between the the semifinals and the finals, he just with like eight L's and fourteen O's, loser. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all he'd say. That was the only word. Just like no, you lose. You lose the rivalry. The rivalry is dead. You lost. <laughs> That's where I'm back, though. Where you, I, I said it. I said it after, or like right after it happened. I said he's gonna pull a Tommy B and be like, you know, like three Unfinished weeks from business. now, three weeks from now, because like <laughs> I ain't they, going out like that. Because it's not. I talked it, to my it, wife. It's not like they like they need Coach K to be there to recruit, right? They, right. they they don't like they don't need him. Like he can come back in and be like, "Yep, I'm the head coach again." Like, let's be honest, he's still mad that all he got was a bench, right? Right. Like that's all he got was a bench at Duke. Oh, he's yeah. he's back. He's back. Yeah, come on, he's back. There's got to be a line on that somewhere. There yeah, has to be the, a the line. The, the line was North Carolina, and they crossed it twice. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see, yeah, that that, that was my reason behind wanting to bring up basketball was um happy for Hubert. In the North Carolina Tar Heels, uh, he's there forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, big guy. Because, <laughs> like you said, I mean, halfway through the season, there was that talk that, like, you know, he, this is wasn't even halfway through the season. It was like, like five games into the season, yeah. Yeah, right? Like, it was at, like the whole season, most of yeah, it. Yeah, it was like you know, he's not. You know, this is not going the way we want it to go. Like, and that—that's one of those places, right? Like that if sure if, thing, if things aren't going the right way, it's like, like next guy, like well, yeah, you know, we're gonna fix this now. And as we're, as we're here, I guess, like, what do you guys think about the the board giving under Baycott? Oh yeah, okay. questions. Yeah, it, it's it's the result of, and I know we talked about this like like during the day today, but like it's the result of the desire to put these courts in places where there aren't courts and you have to build it up and you well, run the risk of there not being uh, of a support, not sitting Jeff, properly or the boards not being there. Right. Jeff, yes. The media, there, there's been a couple people in articles released tonight have spoken to the company that was responsible for the floor. And they said there, that there's nothing to see here. Of course, there's nothing to see there. That's what you're supposed to say. Because I'm sure that's a lucrative contract. To be I know, Bear. We don't agree. Like, we don't uh, agree, buddy. Other, sure other, otherwise, you're getting contract, sued. Right? Like, that, these aren't the boards you're looking for. Like, well, I've I, I've seen plenty of, of we've, we've all heard of games. Ed got it. Ed got it. Thank you, Ed. We've, we've all heard of dead spots, right? We know that there are dead spots on every court. I mean that, that that flexed enough that it it caused his ankle to roll. I mean it it flexed a, a lot, and that's not how that's supposed to work. I'm just happy that at least one of the the three of you got my Star Wars joke. We all I got love Star it. Wars. We just went past. It. 
I just think it's funny that the the, uh, the company's like, uh, no, 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 that working as intended. Like, can you imagine? Can, uh, can you imagine? Here's what drives me nuts about like media, and I'm supposed to be. I, I wonder when people are going to get Chad, it. you're a media guy. Why don't yeah, you realize sure. you're yeah, a media guy? You're, a, me you're yeah. a media person. Yeah, yeah. Word, you're a media person. You can't talk that's, like this to people when you're a media that's, guy. That's what they tell me. They they tell me I'm a media guy. I don't know that I believe them. Uh, I'm a guy with a website and a couple podcasts. Um, how do you do that story? Like, hi, Tiger. What's up, buddy? Tiger got his ass kicked today, by the way. Our cat, who is usually pretty, like, she's very small. It's a little tiny, like, calico cat, right? And Tiger wants to play with her. But he's so big and she's so small that she's always like, back up, bro. So today she decided to fight. And she fucked him up, <laughs> like, for, like, 10 minutes. She just, like, he went, he came downstairs after 10 minutes, laid on the couch with Kelsey shaking. This is a 75-pound pit lab boxer mix, right? My 10-pound little cat destroyed him. And Kelsey and I are sitting there watching, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> By the way, so funny. <laughs> Anyhow, where was I at? How do you do the story? Yeah, how do you, how do you how do you contact them, and then be like, oh well, yeah, everybody's talking about the board, but we talked to the company that did it, and they said they said it was good. How do you write that? How do you write that with a straight face, knowing that everybody in your mentions go look at the mentions for the stories. There's a couple of them. One from the Athletic, I think. One from ESPN. Like we the Enquirer would do it. Well, yeah, but like you put that out there, I, I guess, just because, like, oh, it's good for engagement. Yeah, I mean that that's the only reason because, like, I mean that, that that's like, I don't know, like going to you know, they're, they're not going to come out and be like, yeah, our uh, our floor was trash right in that very moment. It. You know, failed miserably. Just stop having these games at the most important games no. of the season. No way. I don't in think stadiums. that matters. I don't think that matters because every, almost every stop, arena has stop a, selling tickets to an eighty thousand seat stadium for a basketball game. Almost much, every arena has a, has a removable basketball court. Like I was watching, well, but their design, like the the basketballs, like places where basketball are played, those courts are like. Make make up the difference in what you're doing with your TV deals. Put them in actual basketball arenas. No, absolutely. There's no. What's the largest basketball like Rupp Arena is like twenty four thousand. That's the largest. I don't mean college. Put them in pro. The the, the pro arenas aren't bigger than twenty twenty five thousand seats. Weird. Yeah, I saw they Jeff can Bearding. sell fifty thousand more seats. Aaron, do the math. I saw FC Cincinnati's in. Jeff Bearding was saying that it's time to renovate uh, U.S. Bank Arena. So maybe we can make that. That man the should be fired into the fucking sun. <laughs> Say maybe we can make that uh, the biggest basketball arena in. Okay. The the largest. All sports. The largest college basketball arena is the Carrier Dome 
Syracuse, 34,000 seats. Jeff, what is the Carrier Dome? Right. It's a but giant it's still, football stadium. Right, but it's still a basketball arena. No, it's not. It's a giant football stadium where they play number basketball. Two, number two is... Rupp Arena, but it's a it's one that is used normally. Like it's not one that they're they're calling in, like the the floor company to come build it. Like the, it's it's there, sure, right, sure. Like, but they play and, it and in half. They cut, probably the, they cut the stadium in half and play the basketball game in half of the football stadium. But like but it. probably you know this this company. How many floors have they done? And this is the one that like. Some, I mean, it probably happens at every one of these games where they build the floor like that. There's probably spots that are very springy like that. It's just never been in a situation where it's a high-profile injury against, you know, arguably the best guy on the court at the time That's kind of turns the tide at the end of the game. In the last a, minute. In a very key situation. Sure. So, yeah. But I they're mean, not going to stop know. having the games right. in, in stadiums. No, they are I mean, selling that, out stadiums. They're not going to stop. I mean, there's doing already that. there was already the talk about like you know is it is it fair to play these games in those stadiums because of you know the backdrop behind the you know the baskets and people were saying that you know it was causing issues with with the shooting. They said that, that, they said that at Disney World too. With, yeah, uh, that, that's always been an argument that's come up. So be better NCAA. They said that be, Disney World during the uh, during the. Um, Lock in for the NBA during the pandemic. Oh, I thought you were talking about like at the the shooting things at Disney World, like where you try to win prizes. Oh no, no, oh, no. those are rigged. That was that. Was, what Thanks, was the Aaron. deal with that though? Yeah, Adam, Thanks, I mean, that was in, like, a smaller. Oh, uh, yeah, it was yeah. smaller. Yeah, and they just had video boards on one side, but they had a curtain behind the hoop. So yeah, I mean, it it does make for a great spectacle, you know. I'm just waiting for the time that they decide to start like putting it in, you know, some of these like an outdoor football stadium somewhere where they could, you know, so 120. Well, you remember that one time they played it on the the Rose Bowl, NCAA finals in the Rose Bowl. It'll be, you know, the weather will be fine. You know what I mean? Like you could do it in Florida because it rains every day in Florida. Like, yeah, it's going to happen. Like it's eventually going to happen. They'll move somewhere where they can. It did. They played on an aircraft carrier a few years ago. Not the NCAA finals. I am bothered because, again, get out of the stadiums. It's stupid. I don't like it. Are you paying the $30 million they're going to lose? No, the the, advertisers will. Put it in the St. Peter's Peacock's gym. No. The Sun Dome? The Sun Dome in Tampa? You can put it there? Put it where there's an actual Dallas. court already. Put it down there in Dallas. And put your logos put it in all Jerry over Jerry World. It. If okay. WrestleMania is good enough for Jerry World, why is it not good enough for the NCAA tournament? Not, Las Vegas? Put it in Las Vegas. I can't wait to hear Ed's take on WrestleMania. Oh. Ed didn't watch WrestleMania. Ed, he only watched the, the he only watched the clips. I was traveling. So. Ed, do you have 60 seconds of AEW at all? No, actually, I was going to ask you to do a review on the Pat not, McAfee match. I'm not. I'm not. Or doing WrestleMania in general. That, that's, 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 that's your job. Uh, I didn't. Hey, well, I apologize. I was, I was just very. I was very, impre- I was very impressed with Pat McAfee's match, but we'll leave it at that for now. We can talk about I was it. In the after unimpressed show. by Vince McMahon crumpling like a doll. 
He's 80 years old. That was shouldn't have been so then, hilarious. Then don't don't, don't he, get in the ring. He took the worst stunner bump of all time. But that was while so McAfee took maybe the best stunner bump of all time. He, he's 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 down down than anybody. Austin Theory's bump was 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 also pretty, great. Was amazing. The Rock coming in had taken the best stunner bumps of all time because the Rock oh, used yeah. to sell those things. Well, he used to flip all the way up and then do yeah. like the the headstand, <laughs> right. the headstand, right. and then fall. Yeah, <laughs> nobody, you, nobody ever timeline, sold a stunner better yeah, until la- until last night. Or Tuesday, but Sunday. My night. Twitter timeline this weekend was 1999, right. like Attitude Era WWF. Like, here's, here's what I can say about Pat McAfee. Can you imagine? Pat McAfee grew up wanting to be a pro wrestler. Did you see how drunk he was on the plane going on the way back? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Pat you McAfee you win grew life. up. You win life. Wanting to be a pro wrestler, right? And he basically stole the show at WrestleMania in the ring with Vince McMahon and fucking Stone Cold. Oh yeah, no, I mean for one, awesome. his match, Walk his away. match, like yeah, life is his, done. His actual, his actual match was, was very, awesome. very good. Yeah, uh, like he box he, jumped the top rope. Yeah, that took, is such that is amazing. He right did there. a backflip off the top rope to yeah. set that up. Right. Like he he hit a hurricane rana like and it didn't look like bad. Right. Like he I mean, and he did it all in a pair of Jordan 11s, yeah. right. um, which and, is and awesome. Shorts. And, and, everything. and like, it, it looked like a real match. Like, obviously, he's been I mean, he he's mentioned it like he's done some training and stuff. He's athletic punter and yeah like but he looked love, like a wrestler I, like he i love that he, we're all talking way it. more wrestling than ed is even yeah. aware of he, he sold it very well he, his entrance was amazing with the dallas cowboys cheerleaders like he, he's what the wwe has been missing since the rock and stone cold well yep. so because they just keep, fi- the they keep firing massive. everybody they're all going to AEW. but but they're not any good Oh, oh, oh yeah. come on. Why's it got a glitch like that? You got to watch it again. Nope, it's going <laughs> to... Well, it's going to glitch again, isn't it? Because yep. Ed's got... Ed has dial-up internet. But, oh. Okay, the, we saw the, a little bit of it there. The back bend with the fountain yeah. of beer. All right, beer. stop it, Ed. Ed. It's not going to work. Can one of you two guys with real internet... like? I have real internet. Yeah, sure you do, Ed. <laughs> Yeah, when I play I mean, it right now, it works just fine. <laughs> Hashtag be better, Ed. And it's probably a streamyard issue, but yes, it was a fantastic. It was a fantastic bump, uh, like the the fountain of beer that right. spewed, for, and then he then he landed there. And you know, I mean, he's literally living any kid who right. grew up watching like all of us. Attitude, all of us. Yes, I I was I was semi disappointed. When you know, like Stone Cold, he's like, "Yeah," points him over. He climbs up on the on the other side of he the was, ring. Yeah. They're doing that. Pretend to so show him the he, respect. He got to he got to do all that. And I was like, "Like, please just stun him." Like that is the one thing that, like, if I was in the ring with Stone Cold, like, right, stun me, bro. Like, hit let, it. Me, let me let me get my play the fucking hits and, and then <laughs> hit it. And then whenever he, he, H- he handed him two H- more, when he handed him two more, and they and they stood 
facing each other. I was like, here it comes. And he hit it. And then he rolled out. And then before he left, he chucked a can of beer at him. And he's just laying there in front of the announcer's table. Knocked like, out. Yeah. So, so it was fantastic. Great. Good for that Pat was, McAfee. He, I wish, you know. He might save the, wrestling. Like, he was, might save the WWE. I've yeah. never been jealous of a punter. Um, I am now. <laughs> nope, this isn't working either. Stop motion, the stop motion stunner. The stop motion's better than what the hell Ed was doing. I don't know. It who, just works, did it? No. Stop motion. Oh, that, uh... There you go. There we go. The, the, just the fountain as this he is, arches this is... his back. It's the, so good. We have a wrestling segment every week, and this was the best wrestling segment we've ever had. That's not that true. That was another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. I am Aaron true. Smith for Ed Mayhall, for Jeff kind Howell. For that one. Ed Mayhall, the worst <laughs> wrestling commentator in the city. That's 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 a jerk move. And for Chad Brendel, for Annie Sabo. That was a fun interview. I am Aaron Smith. Again, this was another episode of Part of the Punctuation. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to us wherever you may listen to us. And we're out. Bye. 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 Bye.